everyone, uh, it's Lou Rosenfeld, and welcome to another edition of the Rosenfeld Review Podcast Series. It's March 22nd, 2016, and I am very pleased to have a couple of people on the other end of Skype today. I have Mariano suarez Bethan. Did I pronounce that right, Mariano? Your, your Spanish is great. We uh, bien, we bien. Uh, and it, he is the uh, CEO and co-founder of Mural. And uh, along with Mariano is Jim Callback, who's their head of customer service, and uh, uh, I think now a, officially a two-time O'Reilly uh, book author, Jim. Yeah, the book should be out in a, in a couple weeks. So uh, yes. What's it called, Jim? It's called Mapping Experiences, uh, and it should be out in April. Wish I'd published that one. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, and you also wrote the uh, second uh, version of the web navigation book, another good one uh, that I have on my shelf and have looked at many times. So thanks for doing that. And just a clarification, Jim, I mean, it's a head of customer success. So he, in addition to helping people troubleshoot with, with support, uh, we, he also does a lot of education, training, and getting people uh, ready to scale design, basically. Excellent. Well, let's jump right into design. Um, you guys have an interesting product that you're working on, but I think it's born of a, a larger challenge uh, in the design world. What, what, what's the big problem that you've been uh, tilting at for the last few years, and, and why did you put together Mural? So uh, the story goes back uh, when we were co-designing video games while we were at Disney, uh, which acquired our last company. But then, uh, that, that was the inspiration, but then via observation, we realized that companies that uh, were embracing design and, and wanting to change their culture to be more design-driven, uh, especially large companies, were facing a lot of uh, operational problems because most of the time, uh, folks uh, collaborating design and design thinking and experience design uh, physically together. Right on a workshop, there's a lot of energy, uh, a lot of sticky notes, a lot of uh, whiteboards, sketches, and so forth. Uh, but we saw again a few problems that that we were able to solve with our initial uh, solution. So we we zoomed into uh, again Fortune, call it 1,000, 2,000 companies that are already sold and investing in design uh, as a competence, right? And, and in particular, we are focusing on solving uh, some of the logistical problems that happen once you are trying to scale it, right? So, the, I mean, it's very hard to find and equip project rooms. Uh, it's really uh, hard to collaborate with your teams when you are distributed globally. Uh, and that leads to know, things like workshop amnesia that Jim will share about. Uh, it's also hard for them to deploy a standard design process, and the expert to rookie ratio is too high, right? So uh, those are things that we've spotted over and over again. We have some stories around that, uh, but I would definitely love Jim to tell you more on, on each of them. So you got some problems that you're you're seeing. Just to, so I can recap a bit, you're dealing with the issue of scale, which is obviously an issue. In large organizations and enterprises, uh, you're dealing with physical distribution, uh, and you're dealing with probably some measure of fragmentation as well in terms of 
um, not only people being in different places, but coming from different places, right? So you, the, the designers probably that you're trying to help get together with non-designers, for example, like uh, the developers, marketing people, or did I, is that last point reading a little too much into the problem space that you described? Yeah, for sure. In it, it's not, a, and and in terms of the physical space, it's not just about in the, the impossibility of of working in a same project room if you are distributed, but also that generally inside a companies, I mean, it's hard to find a space that is like malleable that has the resources. I mean, the the the, the the materials to, to, to work, uh, how you typically designers work inside project rooms. Um, so that's a, like a two, a combination of, 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 of uh, two problems, right? The distribution of people plus the lack of uh, in turning a meeting room into a project room. That's also a, a complication that we've seen companies. I mean, there's an anecdote there that, I mean, a designer from a Fortune 500 company I mean, wanted to buy phone boards and, and sticky notes to just like have an ad hoc project room. And he had to like set up the process to buy phone boards because it wasn't inside their, the things that they, they, they bought usually, right? So, so minor things like that that add friction to, to the whole thing uh, can be solved by, uh, again. Is that, is that a pretty important distinction then? Uh, you're not talking about essentially a virtual meeting room. You're talking about a virtual project room. Yeah, yeah, totally. The um, the virtual space, the the visual workspace that Mural affords, kind of gets rid of that. Um, you know, the physicality of your your design exercises. Um, and I and I don't want to suggest you know don't work offline because it still is is great to work with sticky notes and and work face to face. But um, I think if we think about how can we get things uh, in a digital format and still be visual, right? So as designers, we want to be able to collaborate and solve problems visually. And um, mural help gets gets around that kind of dead end effect of having things on on one wall in one office space. And when you have large enterprises, and and like you said, Lou, you're trying to you're trying to loop in other teams as well too. They're you know they may not be um, in that same area. Um, I think once you have everything in a digital format, now things are shareable, they're archivable, they're portable, they're copyable, and you can really um, you know use Mural as kind of an information radiator for your your design and your design work, and 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 be more inclusive. Um, and you know the foam board uh, problem that uh, Mariano mentioned. That's that's really an expression of hey, we need this stuff to be portable. Um, I think once once we start thinking about how do we translate and transpose our design processes and our design artifacts into into a more digital format, um, then you have that all of that portability. It's kind of built right in, and that's 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 really one of the logistical problems that. I think Mural um, addresses head-on in, in large enterprises as they try to become more uh, design-centric. Well, also, I think it's got to be pretty interesting to see the, the trade-offs between having a project room that's physical and, and one that's, that's digital. So, I mean, obviously, there are benefits in the digital one in terms of getting people in different places working together. But, you know, I've got to imagine, you know, one of the other benefits hadn't really occurred to me before is that, you know, in a project room, you're you're pretty much working with the stuff that you can see on the walls. The, the walls are your constraint, um, and they are, you know, I guess you could say they're just they're three dimensional. You're in a three dimensional space, but in a virtual project room, are you able to then kind of bust out of that 3D model? So, like, I I might be manipulating something 
on a surface uh, on a virtual wall, uh, and I can actually break through the wall and and you know reach in and and maybe that one thing that I'm I'm seeing on the wall is one of many. So it might be a pattern in a pattern library, and and now I can say no 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 I, I let me let me swipe that one away and see what's behind it, if you will. I don't know if I'm making any sense at all, but I'm sort of getting a sense that you, you're sort of supporting ways to bring into the project room things that aren't currently in, in physical project rooms. And here comes the stunned silence of my <laughs> interviewees. Oh, the, so, so definitely, um, again, when you add I mean, computing power, I mean, things like more evident than that are like the possibility to add videos, or audio, or, or things that complement uh, whichever framework you're trying to build and, and make the point. Um, we are we, we we do introduce certain tools to help you organize content and prioritize and, and make a decision, like possibility to cluster elements, the possibility to like put them in in, in order, like voting, right? So we understand that it's not just about teleporting content; it's about helping you think um, as a team. So, um, but I, I wanted to chime in on something that you mentioned because the nice thing about project rooms, the physical ones, is that you can also um, use your spatial memory, right? Which is harder to do on, on, a, on a digital space. Uh, what we're starting to see more and more is touchscreens coming into the enterprise project rooms, right? Uh, and touchscreens to help you, uh, again, I mean, manipulate content as malleably as sticky notes. So we, we've been working a lot with Microsoft with their Surface Hub product, for example, uh, which is like a very beautiful 84-inch 4K touchscreen, and Mural runs natively on it. So if you can afford, and they're 25 grand now, right? But you can afford to have like four of them in a project room, um, then you have like the combination of both like the, 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 and the malleability of, of digital but also with the spatial of a, a room, right? All, all, all touchscreens there. Of course, that's a little expensive for now, but it, it will get there. It, it will happen. So uh, interesting design challenge to put all this together, right? So you're, you're you know, using uh, project room metaphor. It probably works to a certain degree, and then you blow it up in, in other respects. I got to imagine there's a, a great design story behind the design here. What, what kind of research, for example, did you do in order to develop Mural? We focus on, on one piece of the of the puzzle, right? Uh, it's really hard to like go in and say like we're one in all solutions. So, for example, we don't uh, focus on video conferencing, right? We let other people that are like focus 100% on that. I mean, stitch together uh, with our solution. We've been focusing mostly on. The, collaborate, the, the the whiteboard component of the room. Um, and the same goes for hardware, right? We, we partner with folks that are being focusing on this thing, uh, but definitely like uh, stitching everything together is something that uh, we, we suggest, but don't own the whole process. So we see the, the need for partners inside our, our companies, uh, internal folks that are setting up their, the, the virtual studio practice. Right, so there's folks thinking about the educational component, and, and that's where where Jim comes in with them to upgrade how they teach this, and not being very central on physically together, but actually um, 
and how to facilitate remotely, right? So expertise that uh, I want you to Jim to go, go deeper on uh, and, and tell what 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 you suggest in that regard. But there's always someone in IT or or or, or someone savvy inside the company that stitches all the, the the products together to make that project room a reality. And I, I, so, is your perspective one of being in the more in the business of uh, developing a platform here than a, than a product? And no, yeah. Let let's let, let us nail the product first, and we, we we'll see a platform later. All right. Well, but, well, well, you know, we'll talk when you're ready to, to roll it out as a platform. Because <laughs> I think as interesting as it is now, it could get even kind of crazy interesting at that point. But anyway, Jim, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just I was just going to say that I think particularly when you talk about digital collaboration and remote collaboration, there's this natural focus on tools, um, and I do talk about uh, tools a lot in my uh, presentations and webinars. But um, what I've been finding to get back to your question, Lou, about you know some of the research and observations um, that we've been making, partnering with with customers and and just talk, just talking to folks who are struggling with um, you know remote design and collaborating in large organizations is it's really more about process culture and habits um, so one of the things um, you know we we have a pilot projects for instance that that we're doing with some of our enter, enterprise customers where I'll, I'll go in and my team will go in for two weeks or four weeks or you know an extended period of time and we'll we'll actually look at doing um, doing a small effort because sometimes uh, you know rolling something out uh, like as large as a design thinking program and doing that across a large organization trying to do that all at once um, is hard if not impossible so what we recommend is to do a small pilot project get um, get the skills down and then get that case study down that you can then show other folks because uh, every, every every situation will be different and every company you know has its own dynamic in terms of you know how they work what they're working on the industry their locations and things like that so really what we're trying to do on top of the you know the software the tool of mural is we're trying to look at how does that fit into a broader context and, and really understand that in the enterprise space uh, and again, that's that's part of the part of what I'm looking at with this enterprise pilot project um, offering that we have, where we're going in and we're we're going well well beyond just a you know a SaaS based software. We're looking at the behaviors that go around with it, um, because I, it, again, in my opinion, I think th those are the things that are harder to change than than just getting just getting a new set of tools, for instance. That's interesting because I you know I, I certainly have interviewed and. and and talk with uh, a lot of people on the tool side, not just you guys, but folks like UXPIN and user testing and so forth. Uh, it's such an interesting place to be to do research. You have this sort of sharp point of the spear that gets you inside these enterprises and other large organizations. Uh, and it's almost maybe a better metaphor could be a Trojan horse for UX research. You know, the tools may be an easier sell than, than other things that we can do as designers and researchers. But once you're in, what a right context for doing design and research. Totally, um, and uh, you know it, it it goes it goes back in the other direction too. That you know we we then you know as the creators of the tool, um, you know we 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 learn from that from from that contact that that we have um, uh, with with our customers. So um, hope, hopefully you know we, we like to think of our customers as partners, and we're really we're really trying to to help them solve their problems on different levels as well, um, too. And one you know just one example of that is, for instance, um, I gave a webinar. Um, three weeks ago now 
called uh, creating what we call team activity templates. Um, so you can use Mural um, not only to help translate your process, but also to kind of put some of the intelligence uh, in, you know, from your process and, and spread that through the organization. So you can actually capture multiple steps and give instructions um, in a Mural to, to help um, to help uh, non-designers go through the design process, and that you know, uh, going back to one of Mariano's points about you know uh, not having all the expertise, um, that we can kind of offload some of that in into our tool as well too. So yeah, it's a totally fascinating space right now, Lou. I agree with you. So let me oh, go ahead, Mariano. Yeah. So so you mentioned a platform before. So I, I use that term term with a lot of respect because I mean platform is something that other people can build on, right? But that being said, uh, I mean, people I mean sometimes like, okay, are you a tool or are you something else? And we we embrace the fact that we are again we provide a solution to a problem based on a tool. Uh, right now, our tool is very very focused on teleporting content, right? Like it's like a live whiteboard. They can draw stuff on one end and appears on the other end, votes and so forth in different locations. But we are are adding layers on top of that, right? So we have. As, as, as Jim mentioned, this possibility to to build templates. And I think that we will start be, I mean, doing a little more, like have a little more opinionated process so that specialists like you or, or, or from your network, Lou, uh, can come in with their process and, and create like, a, like a, a combination of template plus process on Mural so, so that people can uh, follow that the, the instructions for that like uh, digital workshop in a way. And and then once they're advancing it, chime in and ask the expert for help, but only when the experts come come do like like high value consultation. Uh, so it's uh, how I think of of our, our our solution right now is like we have a layer of tool like technology. On top of that, we need to have like a opinionated process uh, layer, and on top of that, there's people, right? We are a collaboration software, so. We enable people to connect from different locations, and we we enable experts and non-experts to connect in a pretty level-down playing field. We we are proud to say that that our software is pretty uh, like dumb ready, right? So we 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 I mean even I can use it. Hey, I'm not a designer, but I'm a entrepreneur, right? So uh, we we like to have non-designers collaborate with designers in our space. So that again, non-designers can also follow the design process and eventually connect with specialists. But right when the most value added, the right questions need to get asked and 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 guidance in in, in that regard. Because as I said before, before, the expert to rookie ratio right now it's still too high, right? Uh, so again, I think that by going digital first, we also enable um, experts again, like Jim, for example, to be able to work with two or three of our clients simultaneously uh, and not needing to move from his space. Well, this is great. I mean, I, I, I'm really happy to hear you talk about this as more than a tool. You actually kind of painted a, a much richer picture of an ecosystem with processes and with, with people as actors as well uh, in, in many different roles. But, you know, I'm guessing a lot of that is... is under the, a lot of that understanding of that richness has come from getting the tool out there and seeing how it's being used in, in the uh, the customer's workplace and so forth. So um, uh, you know, you, maybe things are a little richer than maybe they were when you started with the tool. I don't know. Maybe you you had this this broader concept 
of the space before you even started developing the tool. I'd be really interested to know if, if you can leave us with, you know, one interesting takeaway or anecdote that came from actually studying the tool on site once you were actually were working with people in large organizations. What did you learn about maybe not uh, mural, but large organizations and the people in them that you didn't know before you, you embarked on that research? Well, I have one, and it's a more impactful one, but it, it relates to scale. Uh, when we were designing Mural, again, it's it's a team-based account, right? So we're thinking, okay, well, an innovation team can be, what, 15 people, 20 at most. Um, and then IBM came, right? And, and then IBM, of course, has smaller teams, a lot of them. And, and the unit, I mean, the, the, the designer units are, are that, that big. But their teams are 100 people, 150 people, right? So um, definitely happy surprise for us. But, uh, but again, to, to, to orchestrate and, and direct that, that amount of people, we are, I mean, again, doing more tools to help you, to help the promoters guide people better. Again, that, that's that's probably not uh, in the in the arena that you wanted to, to to explore. But but definitely being out there with the product live and working with a lot of enterprises, sometimes you you, you forget about the scale of their endeavors. And 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 again, IBM has three hundred eighty thousand employees. They're training you know, twenty to forty thousand people per year. It's like numbers that are are unbe- unbelievable, right? That's a great anecdote, and, and thank you for that, Mariano and, and Jim, and thank you for being on with me today. Um, we could keep going. We're we're um, we, we probably need to cut this one short because uh, uh, we passed the magic twenty minute mark. But one of the things that you really got me thinking about, uh, and maybe might be a good takeaway for people listening in today, are is that you you know the tools coming you know being installed the, the tools as that sort of sharp point of the spear it, it's really worth considering mm. uh, sometimes um, you know the tools are going to give you a lot more than the list of benefits on the tool vendor site so you guys describe doing things that neural does but you also describe a lot of other in some cases surprising lessons that came to you but mm. also to probably the people inside the organizations you work with uh, uh, you know, because Neural was there. Mm-hmm. And so that that's really true of any enterprise class tool. Uh, it's a great opportunity and almost a, a great excuse to, to learn a bunch of new things about how design works inside large organizations. So, so thank you for that. Um, Mural, uh, I think both Mariano and Jim and maybe re- uh, some other folks from the crew uh, will be at Enterprise UX 2016. They're one of our wonderful sponsors. And that'll be in San Antonio, Texas, June 8th uh, through 10th. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there and and also some people listening in today. So thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Lou, for the invitation. And I want to take advantage of, if you're still listening there and you're curious about this, we are, I mean, Jim is also training a a lot of folks that are masters in design, but want to upgrade their skill set to do remote facilitation so that we can, can have like our our group of specialists that we can uh, again assign to 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 customers and to us uh, to help them out in micro consultancy or or remote consultancy. So please reach out if you consider yourself interested in that topic. 
I, I encourage you to do so. And a way to find these guys is their site. And the URL may not be obvious. It's mural.ly. It's a lovely site, mural.ly. Jim and Mariano, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Lou. Have a good day.